really intentional. Andy spoke amazingly on the first week uh, about Sabbath living. And then Christian spoke last week and he, he asked us those two great questions. And uh, today, it's funny how God speaks to people at different times. Andy didn't know what I was speaking on. I didn't know what Andy was going to say this morning. But the title of my message this morning is this, Come to Me. Come to Me. So uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. we're going to get it up on the screen. It says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, one of the verses I run back to time and time again. I love this verse. But we're just going to park that for a second. Now, a lot of you, uh, a lot of people here know me. It's uh, a pleasure to be a part of this church. My wife as well, who, who leads our kids as well. You might know our little boy as well, Judah. He's, uh, he's not that tall. He's, uh, he's only about that big at the moment. Um, but he's eight months old. And uh, it literally has been the best eight months of our lives. He's changed our lives in the most perfect of ways. But fatherhood has been uh, an interesting change. I mean, is there any fathers in the house? Give me a woo if you're a dad. Few dads. Is there any mums? Can you give me a whoop whoop? <laughs> not, not as many mums as dads, <laughs> it, it appears. But uh, it's been amazing, like I say, Judah just changed our lives. And um, I, I don't think I've ever learned so much in such a short space of time. Like, I love to learn on the job anyway, and that's what you do, obviously, as a dad. But there's some amazing things about being a dad, and there's some interesting things, shall we say, about being a dad. One of them, uh, is the changing of the nappies. Uh, it's not something necessarily that would come naturally to me, uh, the changing, changing nappies. The other thing is, is getting Judah changed. I mean, he was only six pounds eight when he was born, so he was this tiny little baby, and a lot of you saw him. And uh, I was just really scared of like, hurting him. If I, if I like, touched him, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to hurt him. And then Helen would come in, she'd just, like, rip his clothes off and chuck him back on again. And I'd be there like 30 minutes later still getting him changed. But one of the things, the mostly the thing that still interests me and intrigues me today is Judah's relationship with sleep. It, it seems like sleep is to Judah like kryptonite is to Superman. It, it's like even if he's sent to sleep, he starts crying, he's done, it's like game over. So as his dad, obviously, I'll, I'll sense that he's starting to get tired, so he'll start rubbing his little eyes or his eyelids will start to get heavy, he'll start to get a little bit touchy. And uh, so you, you obviously sense the sign, so I'll pick him up, and he always likes to be picked up, but then I will engage sleep position, and as soon as I do that, he starts kicking, he starts screaming, he starts crying, he's just not having any of, his, uh, any of it, and I'm like, Judah, stop fighting me, but he'll keep kicking, and he'll get more aggravated, and he'll get more annoyed, he'll get red in the face, and he'll do this cry, he does this cry, I hate it. He's done it since he was little. This cry, I don't know if this is true of all babies, but he does this cry where he holds his breath because he's that, that kind of upset. And he does this thing. Because what Judah thinks is Judah thinks he doesn't need sleep. What he thinks is he, he thinks he needs to, to play a bit more. He thinks he needs to crawl around a bit more. He thinks he needs to play with his toys. And I know this because as a learning dad, when he, when he got in this state, sometimes I put him on the floor and say, okay, mate, you know, you can... You know, let's let's uh, see, see if your way works. And he'll sit down for 10 seconds and then he'll start crying again. Because obviously it's not what he needs. 
So then he might play with some toys and he'll be all right for another 10 seconds and then he'll start crying again because it's not what he needs. You see, as his father, I know what he needs. I know what's good for him. And if, if really, if he just relax in my arms and if he just trust that his father knows best, then everything would be okay. See, I was thinking about this, this, this illustration. It serves as an illustration, I, I believe, this morning for human nature. Michael Jackson sang that great song. Why, why, tell him that it... Just me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no one else knows it. Uh, he sung that great song about human nature. And um, I, I believe that this so adequately describes human nature. We think we know what's best, don't we, for our lives. We think... We know what we need. We think we know what's best. So what we do is we want to be in control, don't we? Do you understand what I'm saying? Is this just me or is this you as well? Like we like to be in control of our own lives. So what we do is when we think we know best, we, we fight for it. We work for it. We kick out. We lash out. And we get more aggravated. And we get more worn out. And we get more burdened. And we get more weighed down because we think we know What's best? We want to be in control. You see, we do this as well with our Christianity. We take religion, sorry, we take relationship and we turn it into religion because we make it a fight. We try and be a good person. We try and do the right thing. We try and get it all together. The problem with that is that we're not that good on our own. That's the issue. So we try and we try and we work and we work and we get burnt out and burnt out because the reality is we've not got the strength to do it on our own. It's funny how we do that. You see, I think a lot of us struggle with this. I think a lot of us have struggled with this, trying to get it together, trying to sort ourselves out. So we can come in, you know, we come into church on Sunday at times and we put a brave face on, we, we make it look like we're doing the right things, we make it look like we're, we're going in the right way, but really, if you asked us inside, we're, we're struggling. We're weighed down. We're a mess. I can only describe this because I know I've been there myself. All this working, all this struggling, you're burnt out, you're striving, you're trying. You know what Jesus would say? Stop fighting me. Stop fighting me. Like I said to Judah, like I say to Judah, stop fighting me. See, Judah doesn't fight me because he doesn't love me. I know he loves me. I'm his dad. Judah fights me because he thinks he knows what's best. And so many times I think we fight God without even realizing it because we're trying so hard to get our thing when God says, look, just relax because I've got something better planned for you and for your life. There's this amazing account in, um, of Jesus and Peter. I find it an amazing interaction between Jesus and Peter in John 18. A famous passage of scripture. Um, you can find the same account in all the Gospels. And basically, it's when Jesus is being arrested. So they've just had this amazing time. They've just had this, the Last Supper. Jesus has outlined many things, many exciting, many incredible, many amazing, many some upsetting things. That one of his own is going to betray him as well. So we, they go to the garden of Gethsemane. And they're there together. And Jesus is like, hey guys, I'm just going to go off on my own for a bit to pray. Disciples, you pray. As Andy said this morning, we know that the disciples weren't too smart. Because once again, Jesus came back to them and they're all sleeping. It's like, guys, you know, 
what are you doing? This is going to be a tough time. You guys are just having a sleep. So we wake the disciples up, obviously, and what happens next is that the soldiers come to arrest Jesus. They come to take him away. And uh, Judas, we know, betrays Jesus with a kiss. He comes to Jesus, betrays him with a kiss, and identifies him as the one who's to be arrested. So we have this amazing scene. And theologians believe that there was probably a few hundred soldiers there against, you know, what might be a group of 12 or maybe a few more than that. So Jesus is being arrested by the guards. And this is, I, I love Peter because I, I've spoken a lot about Peter in the past, not just here but in, in Universal as well. Because Peter's the guy, he's in charge, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Peter's the guy who's going to take control. Peter's the guy who's going to put his foot in his mouth, who's going to say the right thing one time and say the complete wrong thing another time. And what happens is the soldiers arrest Jesus and all of a sudden, Peter grabs a sword and he chops the soldier's ear off. I, I, don't, I mean, just, just a quick side note. I don't know if that means he had great aim or terrible aim. I, I, it's not that easy to get someone's ear. And so Peter's there in the garden, this guy's ears off. And I'm like, yes, snap, here we go. Come on, disciples, let's do this. Let's take these guys. We can take them down. You know, we know the stories of in the past where people took on great armies. Yes, let's fight. Well, Jesus had a different plan. Jesus had a different idea, and Jesus does something crazy. He actually rebukes Peter. I mean, I can imagine Peter being like, what, Jesus, I'm fighting for you. Don't, I, don't you get it? I am fighting for you. Jesus rebukes Peter, and he goes to the man. We find this in Luke 22. Heals the man's ear. Ooh, that's grace. See, what Jesus is saying to Peter is this. Stop fighting me. He rebukes Peter because actually Peter doesn't understand the plan of the Father. Peter doesn't understand there's a bigger plan in place. What Peter wants to do is take control. He wants to be in charge. He thinks he knows what's best, but actually he doesn't. Jesus knows what's best. Just think how catastrophic it would have been if Peter would have got his way that day. Cool. Now, Peter, there's a bigger plan. There's a better plan. I've got a better idea for you. I've got a better way. I think Peter is so much like us. We think we're doing the right thing. In all our working, in all our fighting, in trying to be good, in trying to be a good person, trying to be a good Christian, trying to get it together. We think we're doing the right thing. But actually, Jesus would say to us, stop fighting me. At times, I think there can be a bravado to this being in control. I think it comes from pride. A bravado that, you know what, I can sort myself out. I can handle it myself. This problem I'm going through, I can sort it out. I can sort this situation out. But I think we all know that that's not the case. And that bravado, that pride, that need to be in control, like I said, it leads to burnout. It leads to breakdown. It leads to being worn out and hurt and struggling and empty. And you walk around with this weight on your shoulders because you're carrying it all yourself. And that can't last too long. There can be no bravado when it comes to a relationship with Jesus. He's in control. He's in control. Jesus would say, stop fighting me. Stop fighting in your own strength. Stop trying to do it in your strength. 
Stop trying to be the person who's got it all together. You see, we don't fight in our own strength anymore because when Jesus went to the cross, he finished it forever. He conquered death and grave and sin so that we didn't have to work in our own strength anymore. All of a sudden, we don't have to be following a set process and set rules. All of a sudden, it can be his power at work within me. You see, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. We need to give control away to Jesus and say, God, actually, I don't want to work in my own strength. I don't want to fight in my own strength. I want it to be your power at work within me. That's how Jesus intended it. That's why Jesus went to the cross for you so that you don't have to work in your strength. You don't have to try and get it together. You don't have to work. You don't have to fight. What you can do is say this, Jesus, I throw myself on your grace. I need you to help me. That's what it's about. This is why the Christian faith is so unique because we don't have to get to God by following process. God comes to me. God died for me. God sent his son so he would die and raise again to conquer death and sin just so he could know me. Wow. Wow. The message version, Matthew eleven twenty eight. I love it. I love it. See, Jesus would say to us, stop fighting me. But also he'd say this, come to me. Come to me. The message version. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. I love this bit. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I want to ask you this morning, are you burned out? Are you tired? Are you struggling? Do you feel empty? Because if you do, I'd suggest you've been trying to do it in your strength. Do you feel condemned in your Christianity? Do you feel like you're always messing it up, always getting it wrong? Because if you do, I'd say you're trying to do it in your strength. I'd say you're trying to earn it. But it says it there. The unforced rhythms of grace. Can't be forced. See, if you feel condemned in your Christianity, I know that that's not of God because Romans 8 verse 1 says this, there is no condemnation in Christ. I can only speak about this because I know I've experienced it in my own life. I went through a cycle of feeling great about my Christianity then feeling bad about it and then feeling rubbish and then feeling like I was messing up and feeling like I was failing and then feeling great about it and then feeling like I was messing up and feeling like I was failing and feeling like I was always doing stuff wrong. And one day I just came to the end of my tether and just said, God, I'm fed up of trying to do it in my strength. I need you to be at work within me. I need to throw myself on you. See, Christianity is not about religion. It's not a religion to follow. It's a person to know. Christianity is not a religion to follow. It's a person to know. And his name is Jesus. It's not about clocking time up in your prayer room. It's not about, you know, it's not about checking in to your Bible time. It's not a religion to follow. It's a person to know. 
See, rules are okay, but relationships better. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've never been that good with rules personally, myself. Um, but what I find is that relationship changes me. Not just relationship with God, but relationship with my friends. I mean, we tell the young guys at Universal all the time, pick your friends wisely. Because I don't think there's anything more transformative than great friendships or bad ones. Even more so for Jesus. A relationship with Jesus, I believe, is the only way for sustainable change on planet Earth. I don't see a different way. I don't see another way that works. Self-help is no help at all, I believe. Because if I'm trying to help myself, I'm already a mess. So how can I help myself if I'm a mess? I need to look outside of myself and see someone greater. Okay, you say, well, you know, someone else can help you. Well, the reality is every single person in this room is in a bit of a mess. It, we know, don't we, really? Like, we're a, really, we know we're a bit of a mess. We, we know we've got things wrong with us. We know we're in a bit of, bit of trouble at times. A relationship with Jesus is the only way for sustainable change. I found this as I began to get to know Jesus. That without forcing it, without working it up, without trying, I changed. I started to become like him. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. Does it mean I don't get stuff wrong? No, I do get stuff wrong. But I changed. You might say this morning, okay, Josh, that's great. I want to enter into this relationship. I've even heard about it before and tried it before, but I just, I don't know how. I don't know how. I've got no idea. I've been working all my life. I've been in control all my life, and I don't know how to enter into this relationship. Well, let's get this verse back up, the message version again. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I think this verse outlines what we're to do. First of all, he says, come to me. Get away with me. Great relationships are formed not just in in community. Great relationships are formed in the secret place. You know, in in that intimate setting. Me and my wife, we wouldn't be able to know each other very well if we'd only hung around with friends, would we? We know each other well because we've spoke to each other. We've talked with each other. We've, we've outlined to each other our hopes and our dreams and our failures. We go to each other when we're struggling, when we're hurt. So there's a strength of relationship because, yeah, we, we love to hang out in a group. But as well, we love to be intimate with each other. We love to have that intimacy of relationship. And the reality is any person in this room, if you've got a strong relationship with someone, it's because you've built it intimately. What we do sometimes in church is we come on a Sunday morning and, and we preach, sorry, we pray and we worship and we do all that stuff, but it's just an hour and a half in our week. This is such a vital part of our relationship with God, but it is only a part. It's only a part. Get away with me. Well, what I think about that is this, that every single one of us should have a secret place with God. We should have that time each day. How do we do that each day? 10, 15 minutes, just you and God, where you go to him and say, God, I'm struggling in this area. God, I need your help in this area. God, I need you to to come through for me here. God, thank you for this. God, thank you for that. And as well, you open up and you say, God, what do you think about this? God, tell me what you think about this. God, teach me about you. Just with a cup of tea in your favorite place. Just you and God. 
come to me. What I've found when I've done that, when I've got away with God, is that all of a sudden the weight that was on my shoulders, the weight that I was carrying, begins to lift because I've given it away. I've given it to him. And again, this, isn't, you know, this is something I try and do every day, but there's times when I miss it. But because it's not a religion, it doesn't matter if I miss a day. It's not this prescriptive thing that I have to do 15 minutes, I have to do 15 minutes. And if I don't do 15, if I do 14, I'm a bad Christian. It's not that. I can't wait to get into that place with God every morning because it sets me up for my day. It frees me. I get to unload all of my hurt, all of my rubbish, all of my pain, all the stuff I'm struggling with onto God. And you know what? He wants that. He desires that. Keep the, the verse up, please. Matthew eleven twenty eight. We carry on. He says, walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Again, this is something I've been trying to be better at. Well, I think walk with me talks about leisure time. I think it talks about when we're just doing what we want to do. And I find this interesting that, it, that Peterson talks about walking with me right here. Because back in Genesis, right at the start of the Bible, it says that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. I see from this, I see a parallel here that almost at the end of the Bible... We have, again, Jesus saying, walk with me. I believe from the start of time, all God's wanted, all Jesus wanted to do was just walk with you. He just wanted to spend time with you. He just wanted to get away with you. That's all he wanted. And walk with me, I think walk with me means in your spare time, when you're free, when you're out for that day with your family. Involve me in it. It doesn't mean that, you know, you sing Kumbaya at the park, you know, holding hands. You don't have to do that. It just means when you're there, just spare a thought for God, say, God, thank you for this amazing time I get to spend with my family. Thank you that I get to do this. God, thank you that I get to be here. God, what do you want me to do this afternoon? God, what have you got to say to us? Walk with me. He says, work with me. Again, something I've been trying to be better at, but it's pretty self-explanatory. In our day, when you go to work, when you are working, are you inviting God in or are you shutting him out? I think this is such a... Uh, uh, underutilized part of our faith because we have made at times prayer about an hour in the morning and then we've shut off throughout the day. Walk with me, work with me. He just wants to be involved in your day. That's what he's saying. He wants to be involved. I try every time I go into a meeting, I always ask God to go before me. Say, God, clear the path for me. God, set up some amazing appointments for me today. God, do some great things for me. God, come through. I have prayed more in this new job than I I probably ever have in any other job before. Because every single day I've needed God to come through. And it's been amazing what he's done. He's opened doors. He's put me in front of amazing people that really shouldn't happen. He's just set up God appointments. And I believe when you invite God into your day, that's what begins to happen. And all of a sudden, what was stressful once is now ease. It's now free because you know what? I know that when I say God go before me, that he's gone before me, that he's cleared the path, that actually I'm walking into favor because he has gone before me. Yeah? Work work with me. Walk with me. Watch how I do it. Well, how do we do that? How do we watch how God does it? By reading, reading the Bible, being in his word. And again, I don't read his word. I don't read the Bible to fill a quota. I read it because I want to know him. See, sometimes I've been like this because I, 
personally, probably the way I am, I'm a little bit task orientated. I kind of like just want to get through it. Do you know what I mean? And do the next thing. Sometimes I've just come to my Bible and I've just ran straight through a chapter and think, yes, that's it. That's my quote for the day. Well done, Josh. Like pat on the back. Great. It's not about that. We search this Bible because we want to know Jesus. We want to get to know him. That's how we watch him. That's how we watch how he does it. We learn about him. We learn what he was like. We learn what he did. This is coming to him. This is coming to God. How else can we watch him? Well, again, when you're in your day, spirit, what do you want to do? God, what would you do in this situation? Jesus, what should I do here? And you know what? As soon as you start talking about those kind of questions, start asking those questions, I will guarantee you that God will lead you. God will take you to places that you can't imagine yourself. I think the scariest prayer to pray in the morning is, God, give me opportunities to talk about you today. Because I find that when I do that, it gives me opportunities. It's a scary prayer to pray. (laughs) Watch how I do it. I love this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. A lot of the first part, stop fighting me, is about trying to force grace. It's trying to earn it in our own strength, trying to be the good person, trying to be the good Christian, trying to be the person who has it all together. You can't force grace. It's given freely. Jesus died so that you could accept grace freely. Let that wash over you this morning. The grace is given freely. It's unforced. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Next, uh, next verse, please. I love this because this talks about, I, I think that this talks about the plan. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He's talking about the plan for our lives. What he's saying is this. I won't give you anything you can't handle. What he's saying is, I won't give you anything that's not right for you. What he's saying is, I will give you the best fit plan for your life. I have the greatest plan for your life. I have the best idea for what you should be doing in, in your life. Because you know what? God knows you better than you know yourself. He's got a better idea. He's got a better plan. No matter what your plan is, no matter how good you think your plan is, God has a better one. He's got a better idea. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I believe if we do all these things, if we get away with God, if we invite him into our day by walking and working with him, if we search the scriptures so we could know him, I believe that that will lead to a life that's free and light. We'll live freely and lightly in the tough time, in the hard time, when you're struggling, when you're going through some stuff, you'll be able to live freely and lightly. I only know this again myself because I've spoken about this in front of you guys before, but me and Helen have been through some tough times since we've been married and I know there's plenty of people who have been through worse and more than us in this room today. But I know that when we were in the darkest, uh, our darkest time, that because we committed to these things, because we committed to a relationship, even in what seemed like a bad situation, we could live freely and lightly. 
because it's not in my strength it's in his his power at work within me and I, I very intentionally kept the tone fairly fairly low this morning fairly level because I believe there's some people who just simply this morning need to come to Jesus that's all it is I think God set you up this morning because it says, um, you know, Andy obviously talking about come to me earlier. I think there's some people, Christians and non-Christians alike, you just need to come to Jesus. You need to stop trying, stop driving, stop working it through, stop working it out, try, stop trying to do it in your own strength and simply come. We're going to sing this song and then I'm going to come back. So if we stand to our feet, the band are going to lead us and then I'm going to, I'm, got to come back and talk to us just a little bit more Away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. This morning, you say, Josh, I'm not a Christian, but I've been trying to do it on my own and I feel heavy, I feel burnt out, and I feel that this morning I want to come to God. I just ask everyone to just bow your head, close your eyes just for a second. You're not praying, you're just giving people the privacy. If that's you, you say, Josh, I want to come to God. I want to come to Him this morning. I want to give Him everything to me. I want to start this relationship with Him. Now's the time. If that's you, I just ask you to lift your hand. You want to come to God this morning. If that's you, lift your hand this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Now this morning, if you're in the other camp, you're a Christian already, you know God, but to be honest, you feel worn out, you feel burnt out, you feel tired out, you feel like you've been carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, and it's getting too heavy, it's getting too much. I just invite you again into this relationship with Jesus. You already know him, but this morning he wants to remind you that you can't force grace, it's unforced. He wants to remind you that you can't do it on your own, in your own strength. You can't do it on your own. And he wants you to walk out this morning feeling free and light. He wants you to walk out this morning in liberty, in freedom. Not feeling bound up, chained up, worn out and worn out. That's you this morning. We're going to sing this song again. And as we sing it, I just ask you to lift your hands to God. Praise Him. Worship Him. Say, God, I give it to you. I I release the control of my life to you. Come on, band, let's sing it. How great your love is for me. Oh, 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 how great your love is for me. Oh, 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 how great is your love. Come on, if that's you this morning, lift your hands to God.
having you this morning.